Hey everyone, just wanted to tell you about Headflyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. A really cool new promotion that is being set up is uh, I'm doing a collaboration on a beer with Headflyer Brewing. It's a lifelong dream of mine, and here we go. We're going to be releasing a, a special beer right around the start of the playoffs for the Timberwolves. If you want to go onto Twitter, onto social media at Headflyer Brewing, on Instagram, you can find my uh, Twitter account at John Krasinski and give us a name. Get a, get creative with the name for the John Krasinski Timberwolves ish collaboration with uh, Head Flyer Brewing. And so, if you go on Twitter, tag me also hashtag Johnny's J O N N Y S beer and and give us a name. And if we choose your name, if you pick the right one, um, then you'll get a prize pack from Head Flyer Brewing. We will announce the winner coming up in the next couple of weeks here as we get ready to unveil this beer. And 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 let's have some fun at, with, with the John Krasinski Show and with Head Flyer Brewing. Hey everyone, welcome back to the John Krasinski Show. I am John Krasinski, the host of the program this week because Jim Suhan is tied up with some women's Final Four coverage and a few other things that he has going on at the Star Tribune. But we will be talking a lot of Wolves this week for the next half hour or so. We have a special guest who is coming on to fill in for Jim as I slide over into the host chair. Again, John Krasinski, Timberwolves writer for The Athletic. And we are pleased to be joined by the one and only, the great Jim Peterson from Bradley Sports North. Jim, how's it going, man? Good, JK. Good to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, man, it's great. I figured like this is kind of a nice little time. We're both in Denver right now. We're recording this on a Friday, so a little bit before the Nuggets game. So we're not going to get too much into that. But it feels like we got five games left in the season. Uh, the the play-in, playoff scenario is bearing down on us. Thought it would be kind of a good time to just circle back and check in uh, and really just kind of like put this season into some context because you and I have both been doing this for quite a long time, been with this team for for quite a long time. And I think that this season has been a marked difference uh, from most of them that we're used to covering. And I just wanted to get your thoughts right away. What's it like, Jim, preparing for games at Bally Sports, calling games, that actually have real stakes in them late in the season like this playoff seating, you know, jockeying for position, uh, you know, and not looking ahead to lottery odds, not wondering about new coaches <laughs> and, and things like that. It's got to be a, a breath of fresh air for you. Well, you know, I mean, we're kind of in the same business of storytelling, right? So, you know, so many times JK over the past uh, few years, you know, well, few years. I mean, this is my 24th year doing it. And it's in the last 17, uh, you know, trying in a production meeting, trying to come up with ideas that are pro Timberwolves and, you know, trying to find storylines that make sense. Because a lot of times we would, you know, we would have a conference call at 10 a.m. and we'd all get on there. And, you know, back in the day when Hanny was doing uh, play by play, it would, Tom would be the comedy relief because we'd all want to start crying, you know, we just looked <laughs> at our record and just, you know, just all of the shenanigans that were going on, you know, post Kevin Garnett um, up until 
I mean, till just recently, you know, I mean, they're, you know, even, even through the Tibbs era, you know, a lot of that, um, that the season where Minnesota made the, made the playoffs against Houston. And, you know, obviously that was a successful season and it was, there was, there was a lot of fun, you know, watching Jimmy Butler, but um, we all kind of knew that the, the price that we had to pay to get Jimmy Butler into Minnesota and that it probably wasn't sustainable and all of the other things that happened, uh, you know, pre-Jimmy leaving and, and Tibbs being fired, uh, that that even, you know, we're sitting in Denver, game 82 that year, John, um, it was more of a relief than it was uh, th- something to be, like, um, overjoyed about. Totally. Um, I, th- I think you, you, would, you would agree with that. But um, I, I think that now, you know, when we have our production meetings, John, there's so many ideas. There's so many things that you could focus on. It's hard to pick just one thing because there are so many players and so many things to like about this team. This team's a very likable team. Um, the coaching staff is unbelievable um, from top to bottom, the training staff and, and um, all of the developmental coaches. Um, everybody is, is together, our travel party. Um, it's just, it's just an amazing group of people. And, you know, cause you deal with them, but um, it's more, it's more really just really enjoying and liking the players. No, I've liked player. I've liked a lot of the teams and players in the past. It's just that they couldn't play or they couldn't win, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, um, Heck of so, nice sweethearts, so, I mean, real sweetheart. Yeah, guys. A, lot, a lot of great <laughs> dudes, man. But like, you know, it just was just, you know, it was soul crushing most nights. And, um, and, and, you know, you know, cause you're trying to write stories about the teams and, you know, we're at, at, at in the essence of who you and I are and what we do, and there's a lot of people in our sphere that are like this, we're optimists, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 was, I always was pulling for my team. I think our fan base understands that. I'm really a fan first. I really want my team to win. Um, and so I think it comes across in our broadcast because, like, there would be times where I'd be super disappointed. It would, it would kind of come across. But, um, no, it's, it's been – an incredible ride uh, from the standpoint of just b- being relevant again. And, um, it, you know, seeing my counterparts and them saying, man, you guys are really good. And, uh, and, you know, looking at playoff seating and seeing how, I mean, I was just looking at today, like how did, how did Denver do against the, the golden state warriors? How did Denver do against the Dallas Mavericks? how did they play against the Utah jazz? What does that mean for the Minnesota Timberwolves? So, it's been a long time since we've done that, and it, it, it's great fun to be able to do it. It is, and I, you know, I, you're kind of thinking about that that optimistic characterization that you put, and you're right because I think, like for us, you never want to feel like you're wasting your time, right? That that what you're doing and what you're pouring so much energy and work into is is kind of for naught or in vain, or so. Like, I mean, there were times where it's like, hey. You know, Alexi Shred, he he's kind of got a little wiggle to him. Let's see what he let's see what you got. Oh, you know, Ricky's on a hot streak shooting from from three. Maybe, maybe he's coming around. And and I think that you just you look to it and you do kind of try to grasp for straws a little bit. And you're trying to cling to something and see, well, if this happens, then maybe something else can work. But this, the foundation just feels a lot firmer under our feet i i think like th- this team certainly still has weaknesses and and things that they need to address they're not a championship contender yet or or things like that but the what you're what you watch night in and night out is a team that 
has a lot of talent and you don't have to wish and hope or squint your eyes too much to see the outlines of a team that can be very hard to handle, whether it's in a play-in game, whether it's in a playoff series, if they get the right matchup. And, and that's just kind of refreshing to walk into an arena at night and you feel it right in target center gym, right? I mean, it's, there is a real buzz in the in the stands like 10 minutes before the game starts five minutes before the game starts people are standing up and getting after it and um and and, and feeling like a, a palpable excitement rather than a uh, i guess i got to go to the wolves game tonight kind of a feel it's just it's really cool well you know and the thing about it is you know for me part of it you know the coaching background that i have and you know um you know obviously playing is one thing but um you know, when you, when I started coaching with the Minnesota Lynx and started breaking down video and looked at it from a coaching perspective and you realize how much work goes into a single game in terms of, you know, putting together a game plan, um, there's a lot of work that goes into it, you know. And so I would approach broadcast the same way that I would approach a game as a coach. I would be breaking down video. And, and so I'd spend all this time, you know, breaking down video and and, and trying to bring that knowledge to our broadcast and then th the team would just not play well. And it was like, and so then I had to find a reason why I would still wanted to do that. So I, I wanted to do it because I wanted our broadcast to be good. I did it for our fans and I did it because I think that our group, John, like you're included and Brit and, and Dane and Jason and Chris and everybody that works, you know, um, you know, in this market, in, in the, in the media, I think we all bring our A game all the, all the time, no matter who and what our team is doing. Um, I think that that's really true. And so, um, and then, you know, there's this group of, of fans that have always kind of stayed loyal. And I think that's who, that's who I'm talking to. I think you're feeling kind of the same way. Would, would sure. you say that's true? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, like thinking about how many fans have been kicked in the teeth for 15 years and either the ones that have stayed by it or the ones that understandably said, man, uh, I'm going to check out for a little while and, and I'll come back when I have a reason to, to now see like how happy they are that, that they do have a reason and like just the joy and excitement on their faces, you know, when they've been told for so long that uh, they are wasting their time. Why, why do they care? No one cares about the NBA here, blah, blah, blah. Like that, that to me is like the most rewarding part of seeing this team start to come together like that. And and that's why, like, you know, when, when you wrote the article that you wrote that kind of spurred on Delo's whole thing about, you know, our quiet ass fans or whatever, um, you know, that kind of, sp it spurred on an article that you wrote that was excellent because it was kind of explaining from both perspectives, you were trying to explain how this fan base has been beaten up and the and you're trying to explain to the fans a little bit how the players feel like they're not really at fault at what's happened in the past and maybe they deserve a fair shake when it comes to energy in the building but like what comes first you know it's like you, is it the fans have to like try to you know get the players motivated to, right. to play each night or, or do or do the players have to bring the fans back and make it so that it's a it's it's an experience that they want to pay for and so you know i all i was doing was kind of just, you know, trying to support you and your articles. I thought it was great. And uh, D'Angelo kind of took it like I was somehow, you know, making a comment about his comments, but I really wasn't. Um, I, I just think that that players need to understand what's happened in this market, that really I think that in at the, at the end of the day that, that Minnesota 
and the Twin Cities in particular, like, you know, but Minnesota as a whole, it's a basketball state, man. Like, if, you, if, if you play well, they will come. And the excitement that's in Target Center is a testament to what we all kind of feel about the state that, I mean, look at how many great players now on the boys and girls side in high school basketball are getting division one scholarships and like what a hotbed Minnesota is and the, 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 the excitement about, you know, uh, AAU basketball and high school basketball and university of Minnesota. And um, even, even the smaller schools, the D two D three schools, there's a lot of excitement. So I, I don't know. I I've always kind of maintained, yeah, it's the state of hockey. Yeah. The NFL is a monster and the Vikings are, are going to be number one, no matter what. And yes, the twins have been popular, but I think at the end of the day, this is a great basketball state. A hundred percent. No doubt about it. We're talking with Jim Peterson from Bally Sports North. Uh, this is the John Krasinski Show. It's brought to you by TSR Injury Law, Head Flyer Brewing, Manscaped, All Energy Solar, and Aquarius Home Services. Jim, I wanted to touch on something that you touched on earlier, kind of about the likability of this team and sort of you know seeing some of these players kind of come into their own. And I think first and foremost, the guy that really embodies that is Carl Anthony Towns. And, you know, you and I have been around him for a long time. We have seen him in his young days. We have seen him in very times where he's really had hard times. We have seen him in times when he has not necessarily been treated the right way. And we've seen him kind of respond to things, you know, in, in ways where you're just like, well, here's a young kid trying to figure things out. It just seems like this season, I think from from my vantage point, I've seen him take huge strides, not just in terms of, you know, driving to the rim and and, and playing good defense and things like that, but he just seems to be a lot more comfortable in his own skin. And I think that that is a big part of what this team can kind of feed off of when their best player is sort of figuring out the personal side of himself along with the basketball side of himself. What have you seen from him in that regard? And do you, do you think that there has been, you know, some real, I don't know, maturation blossoming, whatever you want to call it from him in that area? Well, I mean, it just, you know, just knowing him for so long and, and, and you know, his rookie season, um, it, there's, there's probably no player that's gone through more than that dude in terms of like coaching changes and front office changes and then personal tragedies, uh, losing your mom through COVID and going through a feud with a teammate that, you know, was pretty public and, and um, you know, the Jimmy Butler thing was, was kind of just a, it was just too bad because um, it, it, it didn't need to go down that way. You know, Carl's done a good job, I think of kind of mitigating that and talking about how, he just wants to give flowers, man. He's not about all these, you know, all these beefs and stuff like that. He just wants to get through all that. And I think Chris Finch kind of said it best. Like, you know, like there was a little bit of a pause there where he got kind of sidetracked by all these little dramas and we, we don't need to go into all, I kind of just went into a little bit of them, but, um, but he's kind of back on track again on the trajectory that he was always supposed to be on all NBA, you know, playoff kind of player, clutch player. MVP candidate, all NBA candidate, like he's, he's back on track and, you know, I just, I just, he's always kind of, to me, always tried to do the right thing. He was trying to figure out what that was. And he was trying to do it in the midst of all these, all these different changes in, in the personnel. And I think that 
you know, having Gert, having uh, Gerson come in and then bringing in Chris Finch and the teammates that are around him now. I mean, Chris Finch has probably unlocked a lot of what we're talking about with with Carl. Don't you think? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that I think that Chris Finch has a lot of sustainability to his coaching style and personality, the way he connects with players and the coaching staff, and then his style of play. Um, I mean, Minnesota's breaking all kinds of franchise records in terms of, um, you know, whether it's been winning droughts against teams that have, you know, been so good against them or three-point shooting numbers. He's made this team a modern team. Um, I've always kind of said that a couple things. When you start winning your home games, you kind of know you've turned the corner. And -hmm. I think that you could say that that's what's happened. And then also, um, you know, when you look at the good coaches in this league, the guys that have always won, they have a perspective. Like, like when Rick Adelman was here, like Rick Adelman was successful in Minnesota, even though he wasn't at the top of his game, he was towards the end of his career and the roster wasn't great, but he still won because he had a, he had a perspective and a style of play that was tried and true. You know, and you look at Greg Popovich and Pop was kind of like had a perspective, but he always was kind of ever changing and trying to you know, make his team um, cutting edge all the time. But Finch has a point of view of the game that's really, I think, I think he really understands what's important and what's not, you know? Right. And, and so I think, I think he was really good at being able to keep these guys focused on what's important and what's not. And, and, and I think that that is sustainable. So I think that that's really kind of, when I see, um, and, you know, I don't know how much you see, but, um, with Chris and, and, and Carl communicating, but I see it on the team buses, on the team plane, you know, um, at shooter rounds, at practices. Um, I, you know, Carl will, like when we're riding to the game, Carl will leave the back of the bus and he'll come sit up in the front of the bus with, with Chris and, and Mike and Nori, Nori, um, and he'll sit there and like talk the game with them on the way to the game. Like I've never seen that before. So I, I just really I love the connection that they have. But see, Chris doesn't just have that with just Carl. Carl he has it with all of the guys. He's got a connection. They all and and you hear this post game, right? You hear you hear them talking about um, J Mac has been one of the more recent ones that has talked about how much um, confidence they have in Coach Finch's ability to um, d- disseminate a game plan to guys and how they really have a lot of belief in him. And I think that that's really true. And I think that's been the key, John for me, of seeing the growth of Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, and I, I had a sit-down with Chris right around the All-Star break, and he brought up Rick Adelman because he was in Houston when Adelman was there and and was around him a little bit, and he said the one thing that he that Rick Adelman did tell him was like 90% of the sort of you know dramas or whatever you want to call them in the league are going to sort themselves out. You don't need to get too you know wound up about them. So while I think Chris has sort of been able to get the players to not sweat the small stuff, I think it's also big that the coach doesn't because look, this this team is full of personality, man. Like Pat Bev, Cat, D'Angelo. Anthony Edwards, like all of these guys have their Malik Beasley. They have their idiosyncrasies. They play with swagger and bravado. And I think that there are some curmudgeonly coaches 
who could just get real grumpy about a lot of that stuff. And he doesn't like he, he knows what to let slide, what not to worry about, and then when to check them and when to, to bring some accountability to them. And so I think that's given all of these guys a little bit more ownership of the team and of what they are doing. And, and I think that that just lets everyone breathe a little bit easier. And there's not like the, there's plenty of tension that happens in an NBA season. You don't need to add more of it by making mountains out of molehills. And I just don't think Chris does that very often. Well, look, I mean, like, you know, you guys got a front seat to all the Chanel stuff that's <laughs> going on over there on the bench. Yeah. I mean, the, there's the game, there's the game where, you know, Pat Bev is, is shooting the t-shirt cannon up in the stands. Yes. And uh, that's, that's where, um, you know, and they're all doing dances over there. And what's great about these guys is that they all pull for each other, no matter who's on the floor, whether it's the starters bench, the second units in there, or the person second units are on the bench, the third units out there, they're all cheering for each other. And, uh, you know, it's so funny because uh, Chris Finch, um, you know, the, the night that, that Pat Bev was shooting the t-shirts up in the stands, you guys were asking Chris post game about all of that. And Chris is like, yeah, he goes, you know, you know, I think the guys need to kind of figure out sometimes like, you know, they, they kind of been there before, but he goes, I look down there and it looks like Mardi Gras, yes, right. <laughs> you know? And he, and, you know, he's like, he's like saying like, he had to kind of like, just kind of let things slide. Like you just look down there and goes, they're having fun. That's a good thing. I'm just going to let that slide. Like, I'm not going to worry about all those things that are going on down there. Um, and I think that that, like, that's what you're talking about. He's not sitting there sweating the small stuff. And I think that's what, you know, one of the many things that the guys really appreciate appreciate about him is that he's figured out what's important and what's not. And um, the, the, the having fun part is definitely a good thing. You're listening to the John Krasinski show with Jim Peterson here on Talk North. And we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about what we have seen from the team in the last four or five games when when they've dipped a little bit. And look ahead a little maybe to the play-in, playoff, and, and those sorts of things. We will be right back here on The John Krasinski Show. We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR injury law help me if I'm hurt at work? Yeah. How about if I was hit by a truck? Yes. It's simple. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612 612- TSR time. Fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring is sprung and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC. Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof as well? Equipped with an LED light so you know it'll be a major asset to the new shower routine. The start of spring also marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC at manscaped.com. This month, give blood with local Memorial Blood Centers and you'll make twice the impact. 
For every unit of blood donated, Memorial Blood Centers will donate $1 to Second Harvest Heartland, helping ensure folks living with food insecurity can get healthy, nutritious food that they need. Double your impact without even having to open your wallet. Learn more about how you can help or schedule an appointment to give blood at mbc.org or call 1-888-448-3253. Your community is counting on you. Solar for home improvement. It's the only home improvement project that pays for itself regardless of whether the property is sold and increases resale value if you do sell. Hey, go to allenergysolar.com slash webinar. That will take you to a webinar that explains all of this. Go to allenergysolar.com to get general information about the company. But let me just tell you a few things about all energy solar and, so, and powering your home through solar energy. Uh, most home improvement projects don't pay for themselves till the property is sold. Solar pays back regardless of property sale. Most systems are warranted for 25 to 30 years. After 30 years of operation, solar could have paid back 300 to 400% of the cost. Go to allenergysolar.com for more information. And we're back here on the John Krasinski Show. I'm John Krasinski, the uh, Tim Rolls writer for The Athletic. And uh, filling in for Jim Suhan is a special guest, Jim Peterson, from Bally Sports North and Jim, you know, there are a lot of good vibes. The whole season has been one of exceeded expectations and likability, but we have seen over the last four games or five games, uh, the, the team dip a little bit. They now they've played some really good teams, Dallas, a couple of times they beat them once Phoenix, Boston, Toronto. Um, so the step up in competition has been there, but I thought, especially in the Toronto game, I saw a little bit of the slump shoulders kind of disillusionment that we really haven't seen very much from the team lately. What do you make of just this little late season swoon here? Is it something to be concerned about? Is it just a team you know, figuring out how to, to play against stiffer competition? Uh, is it the injuries? Like, What are you seeing out there in terms of what we've seen from them ahead of this game against Denver? Well, you know, I think that, um, you know, they, they had that soft part of the schedule coming out of the break. Um, but when they came out of the break, you know, they lost to Toronto um, going into All-Star break. But then they came out and they had that little tough, you know, four-game stretch where they you know, had to play Memphis, Philly, Cleveland, and Golden State. And they won three of four. You know, now, you know, obviously those teams weren't fully constituted. You know, Cleveland didn't have their backcourt. Um, Clay didn't play against Minnesota at, at Target Center when Golden State came to town, and uh, you know, but they did beat Memphis, and um, yep. you know, the game the game that they lost to Philadelphia, Malik Beasley didn't play in that game, and you know, I know that we've talked about Malik, um, you know, since he's been out, and Minnesota's kind of gotten throttled uh, when he's not in there, and I think that that's you know he's an important piece of that bench unit and the chemistry that they have, but but they they won all of those games, John against against that in that soft part of the schedule they did drop the Orlando game but to me it was really impressive for them to just take care of business and they did that you know and they they beat Miami in that going down to Miami was not easy to do man they even though they didn't have Jimmy Butler they were playing really well at that time and uh, Minnesota did take care of them so they did win those games in, against tough competition and against soft competition it was it was really fun then they beat the bucks and now we're kind of looking at this this stretch, this roulette seven game stretch that we've been talking about. And tonight is is game seven of that seven game stretch. Um, and Minnesota's you know gotten two wins 
out of the last six. So, you know, to go two and four through the stretch is kind of disappointing because you're trying to get out of the play and get the sixth seed. And losing Malik and losing Jaden McDaniels, I think, you know, when Jaden went down in that San Antonio game, you're kind of going, oh, man, that's uh, – that, that he's – He's really one of the like really true glue guys that kind of can go back and forth between starter and bench player. And his, his skill set is, is one that we've let you really come to rely upon because of the link and the, and the switchability. Um, the fact that he's become a reliable sort of, you know, perimeter threat and then the ability to put the ball on the deck and get to the rim and finish his length um, is something that is, is really missed out there because it, it's such a huge factor um, I think you really saw it against um, Phoenix Suns. You saw it against, for sure, Boston and Toronto. Minnesota just is is a small basketball team without him. They're all right. I mean, Jaden is 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 obviously a slim guy, but he, but he's got length. And when he's not out there, you really kind of miss that because um, he's just such a force, and they've come to rely upon him. And then without Malik Beasley, I mean, those are two pretty important pieces. And I think that. That's what I'm chalking it up to, John. I'm chalking it up to, you know what, having two really important role players that are glue guys that kind of make your your system run. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, let's just, just look at it. I mean, there's Malik Beasley has missed three games this season. Philadelphia at home, they lose by 31. At Boston, they lose by 22. At Toronto, they lose by 23. Like, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I mean, obviously those three teams are very good, but you could see that the the defenses for all three of those teams had a much easier time packing the pain against Edwards, making things a lot more difficult on Carl, um, just just kind of defending and attacking in in ways when they did not have to worry about Beasley in the corner, Beasley on the wing, shooting forty five percent from three, which he has been since January. So um, that I, I think that you know people can maybe discount it a little bit, but that's a huge loss for them just because of even in the start of the season, Jim, when he was not shooting well at all, like he was still impacting them positively by the threat that he was providing on de- to, to defenses that absolutely had to close out a lot harder to him, had to stay a lot closer to him. Um, and without him out there, they just, you know, even like Jalen Noah's a good shooter, but he's not Beasley that way. Um, you know, Jordan McLaughlin doesn't shoot the ball very well from from three. They they don't have a lot of other floor stretchers, especially when D'Angelo Russell is shooting as poorly as he is. So that's a that's a sneaky big thing for that maybe some fans don't necessarily realize just what a factor that he is out there for them. Well, look, I mean, and Jaden McDaniels too. I mean, he he scored yeah. in double figures eight out of eleven games coming out of the break. So I how mean, many times did we see him, Jim? Like. Yeah, just like, I mean, how many times were the Wolves like in a little 8-0 run their opposite way and then Jaden was the one who cut to the basket, got a dunk, hit an open three? Like, he was really coming along that way before he got down, went down. Well, just just go back and look at what's, what, what's happened for him um, since the middle of January in terms of, in terms of his shooting percentages, in terms of his scoring load, and what he's been giving to Minnesota both as a starter and a bench player because he's done a lot of both since the middle of January. So, I mean, he's, he's become a player that's invaluable. And for Malik Beasley, and, and if, if he's out there with Jaden, you ha- like Vanderbilt, when he's on the floor, can be kind of a detriment in, in that um, you don't have to guard him. And so 
spacing suffers. But when um, Cat's out there or when Nas is out there with with Malik and Jaden, along with whatever guard combination you want to put out there, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, Torian Prince and J-Mac or D'Angelo Russell is out there, you know, with that second unit. Um, the the spacing on the floor when McDaniels and Beasley are out there is, is it's a huge factor. I mean, it just, you can't, you can't pack the paint like you can when, when Vando's out there or when uh, J-Mac or um, McDaniels and Beasley aren't out there. So it's, it's not a small thing for sure. And I think that that's been a, a part of why they've struggled against some of these good teams. It is not impossible still for them to get the six seed. It seems no. like it's a long shot at this point. Let's just, we, we don't know what's going to happen in the Denver game. I actually feel somewhat confident that they're going to bounce back and at least be right in it and play very hard against Denver and, and, and be in it right to the end. I think they'll, they'll give the nuggets a real test. Um, but Whatever happens, I do think that I, I think McDaniels is going to come back fairly soon. I think Malik Beasley is going to come back fairly soon, and that will give them a couple of game tune-up before they get into a play-in situation. And then even with Paul George back, I do feel confident, Jim, about the Timberwolves at home against the Clippers if they get to a play-in tournament to get into that seven seed. What do you think? Um, I I I don't like the matchup as much. Um, I think the Clippers have. I think size is something that that the Wolves have struggled against. So I think getting a healthy Jaden McDaniels, and he is close, by the way. Just yeah. been watching him at practice and shoot around. He's close. Um, so I think you're right. He's going to get that you know three four game ramp up to a play in. We're a different team now than we were at the beginning of the season. There's so much difference now between when we played the Clippers last, when they throttled Minnesota twice at target center. Um, you know, the, the game that the wolves kind of, we, we go back to like the, that January 5th date, you know, like um, when the, the wolves, you know, went to Los Angeles and, um, and they did get beat by the Lakers, but then they beat the Clippers on the third Yep. Um, that kind of kicked off like what was sort of the offensive renaissance for this team, right? It's like that that January third date is is the date that you go. This that's when the the switch was flipped, and and so that did happen against the Clippers, but Paul George didn't play. Um, the so you know you, you could be right, but I I think the Clippers are a team. They're kind of tricky. Minnesota's got to be able to match up with them. They got you got to have. Our guard play for Minnesota has to be on point because Reggie Jackson is a really physical guard. And so the question is, who does D'Angelo Russell guard? Right. And so that's going to be a question that the coaching staff has to figure out because, you know, and then who does Pat Bev match up with? So, you know, that's that's going to be the question. It's going to because they're a big team. They, they play that big lineup, John, that that will will force the hand of of you know the coaching staff to figure out a way how to match up with them. So I think they can beat anybody. I, I really, I really do believe that this team has the ability, you know, even though Minnesota hasn't been successful against Phoenix, I still feel like if if Wolves are playing at an optimal level, they can compete with anybody in the NBA. I really mm -hmm. do believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's gonna be fun. It's uh, you know, these games are are gonna be tight and tense and I really can't wait for them. I do think that if they are able to get, you know, let's say they just get the seven seed and it's and it's Memphis, 
I mean, that is going to be one hell of a of an opening round series with two really young teams, and the Wolves do play Memphis well, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Who knows? Maybe maybe they'll end up squeaking up into the six seed and um and 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 you know getting Dallas or or Golden State, one of the two. But anyway, it, it is going to be fun, Jim. Uh, we both got to get going to the game. Um, and we'll see what happens with uh, with Denver tonight. But I just wanted to thank you for taking some time and and sharing some thoughts with us. And I'll be seeing you over at the arena in a little bit here. Okay, thanks for having me on, John. That was Jim Peterson from Bally Sports North. And uh, thank you. Before we go to the sponsors of the show, TSR Injury Law, Head Flyer Brewing, Manscaped, All Energy Solar, and Aquarius Home Services. Also, thank you to producer Brandon Morton. And you have listened to The John Krasinski Show on Talk North, and we will talk to you next week. 